The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 266 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is seniors and drivers with disabilities getting gas at Florida self-service stations. Mobility is life for everyone. Mobility for seniors and persons with disabilities may be impeded by challenges. And to overcome the challenges, seniors and persons with disabilities may need workarounds, that is, ways to get around the challenges so they can successfully achieve mobility. Over the years, cars and vans have acquired more and more workarounds so that more and more seniors and persons with disabilities can use them to successfully achieve more and more mobility. But cars and vans need refueling, and more and more gas stations are self-service, which creates challenges for seniors and persons with disabilities who rely on cars and vans which is why our topic today, Seniors and Drivers with Disabilities Getting Gas at Florida Self-Service Stations, is so important. To discuss it, our guests are J.R. Harding and Pat Hughes. Now, J.R. is a recognized disability leader with personal and professional experiences. As a quadriplegic twice over, author of the book Now What?, accessibility expert and international speaker, he's contributed to national, state and community policy for the independence and self-sufficiency of persons with disabilities. He served two U.S. presidents, four Florida governors and continuously serves on a number of community-based organizations. He's the first person with a significant disability to graduate from Leadership Florida and Leadership Tallahassee. He's co-founder of Florida Disability Mentoring Day. He completed his doctorate in higher education and public policy from Florida State University. And he and his lovely wife, Erica, live and work in Tallahassee, Florida. Pat Hughes is founder of Inclusions Solutions. He previously created the nonprofit company Natural Ties and served as its executive director. Natural Ties was dedicated to fostering relationships and friendships among people with disabilities and people without disabilities. His work with Natural Ties led him to realize that, as well as psychological barriers, Persons with disabilities also had to contend with physical barriers that impeded interactions, 
such as going out to a restaurant, shopping or visiting an office. He began talking to business owners in Illinois and learned that only some were aware of the access challenges. Most were willing to make changes, but had been presented only with solutions that were beyond their economic means. That understanding was the impetus for inclusion solutions. So welcome to the show, J.R. and Pat. Hello, thank you, Dr. Gordon. Always a pleasure to join you. Now, I'm going to start with you, J.R. Um, please tell us more about your life and work. J.R.? Well, thank you for that uh, very uh, generous introduction, uh, Dr. Gordon. I think it speaks to who I am as a person. It's a lifelong advocate that likes to demonstrate that persons with disabilities belong in the community, have something to contribute to the community, and under the right circumstances, those of us with um, both uh, minor and significant disabilities can do almost anything. And part of that almost anything is driving. And quite frankly, driving changed the way I approach my disability and opened so many doors that were previously closed that I now had independence to work, to life, and to uh, uh, really to the independence of the world. Pat, please tell us more about your life and your work. <laughs> sure. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate this. It's nice to be on with JR, too. Um, I, uh, I grew up, you know, one of eight kids. I, I understood inclusion on a very, um, in a very natural way, being one of eight kids, because if, if anyone wanted to come over to our house, you know, just come over. What's, what's nine? What's ten when you already have eight children? But what I started to learn in college was that uh, many people with disabilities, that there's, there's an exception there. Um, and it just doesn't flow as naturally. Um, and so, you know, at age 19, I, I, I shifted the way I saw how people uh, with disabilities fit in our community. And, uh, you know, it's simple things like getting gas in your car, you know, most of us don't really think about that. Uh, but if you spend a day with JR and, 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 and uh, or anybody with a disability, there's 15 million drivers with disabilities in the U.S., uh, it's one of those invisible things that most people never really think about. And it's, to me, I, I get excited about solving that because uh, it's, it's a fixable thing. It's, uh, these are not, this isn't like flying people to the moon. This is getting gas in your car. It's, it's easy stuff. Right. JR, please highlight for us the federal legislation as it relates to seniors and drivers with disabilities at self-service gas stations. JR. Well, thank you, sir. Um, most people are familiar with the Americans with Disabilities Act. That was a landmark civil, uh, civil rights legislation that was passed um, under, uh, under the first President Bush administration. And was really the last set of civil rights coming out of the 1960s and 70s of the equality and inequalities between the peoples in America. And, and this law was, you know, was really a, it was a compromise. It was um, significant, and it included a variety of uh, components from Title One to Title Two to Title Three, Title Four, uh, and so forth. And each of these titles had specific areas. And gas station would fall under the Title Three places of public accommodation, or or where everyone goes, goods and services. 
and, and gas is a good and service. But 23 years ago, the world of gas stations were very different than they are today. And back then, it was really pretty much full service in all 50 of our states, and really perhaps internationally. But the law stated, um, or rather clearly, that um, individuals with disabilities could get assistance when there was more than one employee on duty, that uh, customers with disabilities and seniors would be um, informed of this assistance through appropriate signage, whatever that means. And then finally, um, that individuals with disabilities could not be charged more for uh, refueling assistance than what was uh, than the beginning of what you might call the self-service industry. So essentially, it's three, three parts. Cannot be charged more, need to be informed, but only need to be provided assistance when more than one employee is on duty. Right. Now, Pat... Please explain for us the progress that's being made in the U.S., but starting off at the point that J.R. left off, sure, sure. what's the progress? <clears throat> New Jersey and Oregon are the only two full-service states. When you look at from an aerial view, there's only two states that, that guarantee getting gas in your car. So that's New Jersey and Oregon. If you tried to go there today, they would tell you to get back in your car, You know that they have uh, staff to do that for you. So everywhere else, is if, if you begin to look at it, it's it's kind of like the Wild West, where it's it's every you know it's up to Jr. to figure out how to get gas in his car. Um, there's been a lot of litigation in this area, so you know all the major oil companies, 159,000 gas stations in the U.S., and there's really no clear plan for how to get gas. So if you were if if, if Jr. was to leave Tallahassee and come to Chicago, um, he wouldn't. I would guess, have any clear plan for how he was going to get gas in his car um, along that route. And even even with all the litigation that's happened in this, there's really no real clear plan for, you know, there hasn't been a real clear plan for that. There's been a lot of signs put out there in the world saying honk for service. Um, you know, some of the major settlements basically require horn honking. Um I would beg you to try and honk your horn and see if you'll get any service anywhere. Uh, very difficult. I don't know if that paints enough of a picture, but I would say there's a lot of question marks. From what I know is most drivers with disabilities have a local station that they know and love, but if they leave that local area um, and travel into an unknown space independently, uh, that's where the questions arise as to where is that good guy in that community who's going to pump my gas. Well, so, Gordon, if I may, could I elaborate on Pat's comments? Please do. Right. I, I think he hammered on the, the standardization or, right, the experience of the access to equal goods and services, that there is no umbrella approach. It simply says you can't be charged more, you have to have some signage, and if there's more than one employee, they will help. But how does all of that occur? on the national level or a state-by-state state or a community level. And, and I think that's where um, the ADA really has, an, uh, uh, perhaps in its wisdom or in its failure, has uh, not caught up or was loose enough to allow for um, innovation at the market level. And perhaps that innovation is 
independence. Self-sufficiency. That's what the ADA is about. Independence, contributing, not relying on others. Well, then, it's, you know, through Pat's um, leadership and stuff, there are some common sense, simple, common tools that would facilitate at a national level or standard or approach to that independence of the gas station. What I think I'm hearing from both of you is that there's room for progress. That is to say, progress was made in the past, but things have changed, um, changed in the way that gas is delivered, changed in the way that um, um, gas stations operate, and therefore there's need for catch-up. And so in the next segment, we're going to talk about the types of challenges that are created for um, people with disabilities, for seniors, when they're away from the gas station that they love, when they're on the road and when they're traveling. So right now, it's time for us to take the break. This is where we have to pay our rent. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are J.R. Harding and Pat Hughes. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for the keywords World Talk Radio. Once you're a part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the World Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for World Talk Radio. How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven. Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. 
news, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and J.R. Harding and Pat Hughes. Our topic is Seniors and Drivers with Disabilities Getting Gas at Florida Self-Service Stations. So let's talk about the challenges experienced by seniors and seniors and drivers and particularly focus on the self-service stations which are there on a long route away from home. JR, what are the safety and service challenges for seniors and drivers with disabilities? JR? Well, first, I think the audience needs to understand this is a really big population. We're talking about nearly 70 billion boomers on the way. And as Patrick said, about 15 million disabled drivers currently. So this is a really big population. And as related to your safety and service challenges, well, let's, um, safety. Let's start with that. How about, uh, you know, your wallet, your credit card, your identity? Um, you're asking for strangers to interact with uh, uh, your um, uh, money, right? That these are vulnerabilities that others without significant disabilities do not, they don't have a third party involved. They walk up the machine, swipe the card, type their numbers, fill their gas, and go. It's all of a matter. It's like getting dressed or taking a shower or brushing your teeth. Conversely, uh, persons with disabilities, and especially significant ones, they may struggle with the first getting out of the vehicle on time associated with that and getting hit. I mean, some of these gas stations are like uh, pit stops on the Indianapolis 500. Then you have the gas cap, uh, the touch screens, the uh, uh, confusion of signs. You can't reach the pump. You're not uh, able to uh, interact with the credit card machine. You don't have the physical ability to actually uh, execute the service. So all of these components combined create major Grand Canyon barriers on every little step that uh, many without, with and without disabilities, that many without disabilities don't even think about. It just happens. And in a case like mine, there's a challenge at every single turn. Right. Now, Pat, to ask you, what are the signage and communication challenges that occur for seniors and drivers with disabilities? Pat? Sure. Um, I I think that there's been, with all the litigation, which, you know, since the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed over 23 years ago, you know, litigation seems to be the way people communicate about their problems. And so... Um, not necessarily making, uh, it doesn't necessarily create for good communication. So in a settlement of a case, for example, you know, the Department of Justice settled a case with, you know, Shell and some other uh, entities. The, the basic settlements were signage and um, training. 
Well, the signage basically simply says honk your horn. You know, we value our customers with disabilities. You know, you know, honk your horn if you need assistance. Well, I, I, it just doesn't work. Um, if you ask any driver with a disability, um, how does that work for them? First of all, does it, when we're talking about dignity, you know, I don't have to honk my horn for any type of service. It goes to dignity. It goes to really effective communication. And they're they're kind of polluting the landscape at gas stations if you just look at um, the kind of signs that are out at gas stations. And I think there's a much more dignified and uh, practical way of solving that. So, you know, it's it's not a very it has not been a very effective, which I think is why we're still here on this you know, having this conversation today. Uh, I don't think the problem has obviously been fixed, and uh, that's why we're here. Right, absolutely. JR, what are the challenges created by the design of cars and vans that are used by people with disabilities? Well, um, those relate to our adaptive parts, getting in and out, the space that it's required to do so. For example, let's say uh, a person with a uh, you know, a stroke or a walker or a cane or a paraplegic, they all get out on the driver's side. Well, that means you would need to park two to three to four feet away from the pump to be able to get out. So then now you're becoming a roadblock for all the other uh, patrons trying to get in and out. Um, conversely, in my case, dropping my lift out on the right-hand side of the vehicle um, also creates a protruding object out. And then in some cases, because it requires fine motor skills, key operation, and really a, a, a grasping, uh, grasping uh, capacity that many don't have. And then the last piece, uh, where the controls are, um, how you put your credit card in. So there's all kinds of functional uh, barriers to uh, getting gas for people with disabilities and their uh, adaptive equipment. Over to Perth, what are the challenges at the gas pumps, the design of the gas pumps, things like that? Pat? So, you know, a lot, of the, uh, a lot of people are asking people to change out their pumps. Those pumps are, you know, anywhere from fifteen dollars to $20,000, and that's not necessarily the, the problem. The problem is, you know, as J.R. mentioned before, that, you know, the federal law says that when there's more than one employee on duty, they're required to come out and pump gas. Um, so the question from the vehicle side, from the consumer side, is how do I find out when there's more than one employee on duty, and then how do I get their attention? So you could have the best, prettiest, newest pump, but if there's no way to know how many people are inside there, and then how do I get their attention? Meaning, how do I? is there a button that, from my vehicle that I could actually reach to request assistance? Um, you're still missing that... Um, you know, so, so there's there's so many variations of designs of pumps out there um, with all the different, you know, every new model, every new uh, standardization that comes out every year, uh, there's a different change. So if you have 159,000 gas stations, I, I can't begin to imagine how many different types of uh, pumps are out there. So there's really no standard. Um, and, so, so even if we meet the measurements for certain people, so let's just say you're a paraplegic and you can get out and pump gas. Um, if you're a quadriplegic and you drive, those are completely separate type of, uh, how do I say it, um, sort of requirements needed to, to be able to, 
to uh, to pump your gas. Um, so basically, I look at it in two ways. There's there are those with disabilities that can pump their gas, and then there are those who can't pump their gas. And pumps should be, should reflect both of those customers. Uh, and today, do they don't? Right. right. If now, I could, Doctor Gordon, it's not only making the uh, the pumps more uh, functional, but really creating the experience of getting gas in terms of equal access to goods and services. And that's why I was excited about championing some changes in the state of Florida and specifically Leon County. Now, let me just ask you this. It sounds to me as though the cars and vans are designed and the pumps are designed, but the designers of those two things have never really got together and asked the kind of questions or tried to answer the kind of questions and comments that you both have been making. Now, first of all, JR, is that a, a reasonable comment on my part? Do you agree with it? Well, uh, yes, I do, but I don't necessarily know that those two need to almost be automated. I don't know that's necessary in our marketplace right now. There are a number of solutions available to us, and one in which, you know, Patch Company, Inclusion Solutions, a champion. And um, I think, you know, they're, they're completely different industries serving shared purposes of mobility, but, yeah, right, uh, they're not interacting. And to your point of engineers, there are some specificity under the best practices of the new accessibility guidelines about types of buttons and uh, tactile feel and things like that. But that's just assuming people can actually do it. As Pat said, there are drivers who could actually do it. And there are drivers who really, perhaps under no circumstance, in my case, could do it. So how do we bridge the gap for both of these populations most effectively? Right. I, I, no, over Gordon, to... I think we're, we're, what we're really talking about here is a labor issue. You know, there's a, the, the gas stations are in a self-service world. I mean, the title of this subject is about getting gas in a self-service world. It says it right there in the title. Um, and I think that addresses everything, that if we all lived in New Jersey or Oregon, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Um, it, you know, a lot of the gas stations going out and pumping somebody's gas they're now leaving the profit center. The profit center for most of these gas stations are inside the convenience store. So coming out and pumping JR's gas, where they may only be making three to five cents a gallon on that transaction, doesn't necessarily make great business sense, right? So why would I go and spend a lot of energy and thought process towards doing that? So I'm just giving the you know sort of the market response that it's. Um, it's 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 the, the money's being made inside the convenience store. There's essentially two owners at a gas station. There's the supply supplying the oil, the gas, and then there's the people who run and operate the gas station. And and that um, convenience store is is really their profit center. So if that makes any sense to you, this is uh, we're kind of going against business common sense that says you know the the profit is inside. They want they want Jr. coming inside the convenience store. Right, and and what we're trying to facilitate is a way for the convenience store, if possible, through labor or reasonable labor, reasonable access to goods and service to bring that profit center to me. Right. Now, what that's 
pointing up at the moment is what sounds like a very challenging set of challenges um, for the gas station, for the gas station two owners, for people, seniors, people with disabilities, and perhaps even for the economy. So in our next segment, which we're going to very shortly, uh, what we're going to talk about is crucially important, and that is how these challenges are responded to, are to be responded to, will be responded to, and the way in which all of these these things, these things that need fixing, will get fixed. So, once again, it's time for a short break. This is Dr. Gordon Lally, and my guests are J.R. Harding and Pat Hughes. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Many people are seeking to make a difference in the world, but few actually have the tools to do so. Every week, host Mary Beth Lodge and her guests will have you thinking forward and will give you the tips to keep your life, goals, priorities, and choices on track. The result is an easier, happier, and more inspired life. The name of the program is What Matters. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What really matters is the positive changes that you'll bring to your life and the world just by listening. There are over 140 million products manufactured worldwide. It is impossible to know the ingredients in these products, especially those made overseas. Stan Salat Jr., President and CEO of the HSF Mark and the Counterfeit Mark Alliance, is the host of People to People, working together for your safety. Stan believes in our right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in consumer products and whether they are counterfeit. Find out how you can protect yourself every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join Gary Ray with his co-host Linda Crater as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and J.R. Harding and Pat Hughes. Our topic is seniors and drivers with disabilities getting gas at Florida self-service stations. Let's now talk about confronting the challenges. 
What's to be done? How are they confronted? So, JR, how are the safety, service, signage, and communication channels currently overcome by seniors and drivers with disabilities? What do they do, JR? Well, uh, they are, um, until the recent ordinance in Leon County, Florida, um, that specifies some function and some service and some expectations, as Pat was mentioning, um, folks would be relying on their spouse, maybe their personal care assistant, or, quite frankly, the goodwill of some random stranger at the gas station. And all of those create barriers to equal goods and services. So, you know, the uh, the overcoming of getting gas, getting um, basic uh, fuel to get around, it's been on the uh, burden of the customer to overcome. And and so in the state of Florida, uh, specifically on Leon County, we emphasize the approach of signage communication resulting in service. And uh, uh, this, uh, this uh, overcoming is done through um, communic- effective communication of a sign that says, you're welcome. We believe in you and we want you as a customer. Furthermore, that um, these certain days, these certain hours or 24 hours a day, seven days a week, whatever the business owner wants to set as a time, is a time that facilitates that actual service, and then um, having um, call buttons and local phone numbers and perhaps even some future innovation with apps and, and uh, Google and things like that would take it a step further. So the old model is, as Pat said, you honk, you rely on friends and families, or you're at the, at the either the goodwill or the disadvantage of a stranger. Right. Now, Pat, how does your technology help seniors and drivers with the kind of situations of safety, service, signage and communications that JR has been talking about? Pat? Buckle up. This is really, really simple. <laughs> so one, you know, again, let's revisit. We, we're, we want to, you know, you're JR, you're, you're on empty, you're, you know, you're in, you know, you're on empty and you're looking for gas. The question is, is, how many people are inside the gas station, then how do I get their assistance? So it's really two main things that we're trying to solve here. So through the hour, through, so how do we know when there's more than one employee on duty? Our fuel call system comes with signage that says, first of all, this gas station carries fuel call. So when people see the brand of fuel call, they now know that this station has a, a clear level of service attached to it. So... That's a roadside sign. Then we drip, then we bring you in and we tell you this island is the accessible island. So fuel call is here at this island. So we make the island that's closest to the convenience store door so the employee doesn't have to run too far. Um, so we make that island the accessible island. When they pull up to that island, when JR pulls up to that island, then there's a an hours of service sign. So when is there more than one employee on duty? We just tell you that through the hours of service. So if it's 6 in the morning till 9 at night, great. Then that's what it is, Monday through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. What are those specific hours? And then on a steel pole um, jutting out at 48 inches off the island, off the um, driver's surface, is a oversized call button uh, that wirelessly rings inside. So all that 
uh, you know, JR has to do is hit that button and then alert somebody inside that he's at pump 13 or whatever pump, whatever island it is, um, I need assistance. And so when people put the hours of service up, both the consumer and the operator or the person working inside now have a clear plan as to when this is going to occur so that when the alert system goes off, when the big bell goes off, there's no surprises as to why that person is there. So um, it's really that simple. Um, and the thing that I love about it, Dr. Gordon, is that people are treated better. Uh, there's respect and, you know, there's a chance for upselling and selling a lottery ticket or a Coke or milk or whatever you want from the convenience store. And people are just treated better. Um, but it's real clear with both signage and the communication device. Right. Now, let's, JR, talk about well, Gordon, another... Gordon, before we leave that, yep. I think what's critical, what um, the fuel call system has done for the public, just simple innovation, is it creates a, um, uh, an introduction. It creates a uh, consistent pattern of, hey, I'm your customer. I happen to have a disability or some other impairment that, you know, makes getting gas a challenge, and I would like some help. And it allows you to ask for that assistance with the level of dignity, and then more importantly, as Pat indicated, that the response you get from the gas station is one of uh, quality, one of respect, and one of dignity. And let me just add one thing. I think the employees need this clarification, too, because... You know, they didn't know when to respond or how to respond. And this clear plan gives them the tool to know how to respond. Because, frankly, not everybody's comfortable with the disability community, whether I like that or not. But it's just a fact that, that not if, you know, if you're a new staff at this gas station coming out, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it's a lot of people just need that simple guidance on what to do and how to do it. And I think this gives them that clear plan. Right. It's a bridge how to get yep. from point A to point B with all customers. Right. Now, J.R., with you, design of cars and gas pumps, um, things like being able to reach where you put your card in, things like being able to turn the uh, gas tank cap, all those kinds of things. How do seniors cope with those things as, as the design stands at this time? J.R.? Well, um, both seniors and persons with disabilities, as I indicated um, a little earlier, Gordon, they're just, frankly, the Grand Canyon, the barriers. Now, I, you know, I don't care if it's only a two-inch lift. I'm not getting over it. You know, it may be touch button, but if I can't reach it, it's not touch button, okay? It may simply be a, um, um, a light pull on the nozzle to the fuel, but if you can't get your nozzle in there or your um, appendages actually do not pull, you're not going to pull it. So I think the, how seniors and persons with disabilities overcome is by asking for change, asking for some common sense uh, uh, encouragement to bring persons with disabilities into the marketplace to be able to tap some untapped resources. And then within, with us in the community, those fueling stations will embrace our population. We seniors and persons with disabilities have an obligation 
um, perhaps morally, ethically, and, and independently to frequent those stations that separate themselves in the surface world. Right. Now, Pat, how does your technology help with the kind of challenges that we've been talking about um, associated with the design of cars and gas pumps? Pat? Yes, sir. So in, it doesn't matter the type of pump anymore. Uh, it doesn't matter the type of car. Uh, our, our, you know, that's the beauty of this. It's sort of think of it as a retrofit kit, basically, that can go on any gas station. So it fits in anywhere. Um, you know, it's a very cost-effective uh, tool that really could fit on any type of pump manufacturer, you know, any, any of the types of pump manufacturers you have uh, in any car. So we've taken, if you think about the ATM uh, world, th- there was lots of litigation that got that to a sort of a center point um, so that you had some standards of, of how an ATM operated. We used that same sort of reach range as our, as we designed um, our, our fuel call so that it would catch as the most amount of drivers possible. Um, should someone not be able to reach our call button from the vehicle, um, we use a phone number on our signage that would be an, the, the alternative to, um, to using that call button. Um, but, but the call button reaches, uh, most people can reach from their vehicle. So it's really adaptable to any gas station and any pump configuration period. Both, we're, we're also selling it to the military as well right now. Um, as you have a lot of wounded veterans coming back who also can't get gas in their car. So it's one of these invisible things, Gordon, that I don't think most people think about. So I'm really glad you're, uh, we're talking about this today. Thank you. Great. Now, still on this point, what you're describing is better communications, which lead to breaking down of barriers and also the building of respect and also customer loyalty. Now, I want to know how far you've actually got, and I'm going to ask um, Pat to respond to this one, and then JR. Just very quickly, Pat, how sure. far along are you with the technology in the gas stations where they need to be? Pat? Oh, we've got a long way to go, Gordon. Um, this is, uh, I would say we have about 450 units in the marketplace today. Um, we have one st- one. A company called Hy-V. It's a Midwest company that's put it in 100% of their their gas stations, which is about 100. Um, so if you're in the Quad Cities area and you go to a Hy-V gas station, you can guarantee getting gas in your car. Um, we have relationships with both BP and Marathon, um, and then I would say basically we have a hunting license. So <laughs> basically, <laughs> any one of their their franchisees can buy the system. Um, it's just a matter of getting them to by the system. So, um, you know, we need the we need the, the disability community and the senior market to ask for this service. Uh, it's not lost. Um, so you, you got to put on your uh, your advocacy hats and, and and ask for this service because it's available. Um, so, you know, with 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 people like Dr. J.R. Harding doing what he did down in Florida, um, asking for a simple thing of getting gas in your car uh, in the form of um, you know, of an ordinance in Leon County. It's unfortunate that that's what we have to, you know, that that's what has to be done in order for this to, to for refueling assistance to be insured. But, um, you know, thanks to JR for all his work and, and other advocates like he. And, you know, there's some folks at United Spinal that are also working hard on this um, as well. Great stuff. 
Now, we're going to take the break now. The next segment is where you both say what more needs to be done. Um, we'll come back to that because that's where I want you to give your messages. Let's take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guests are J.R. Harding and Pat Hughes. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and J.R. Harding and Pat Hughes. Our topic is Seniors and Drivers with Disabilities getting gas at Florida self-service stations. Now let's talk about the things that you, you two, you both would like to see done and to do to accelerate progress in confronting the challenges that we've been talking about. So starting with you, JR, what more would you like to see done by government? You know, the folk who passed the legislation. What more would you like to see them do? Well, before I go straight to government, uh, Dr. Gordon, I think it's important to go back to the premise. The premise is maintaining independence for seniors and for persons with disabilities. We all want to stay in our homes. We all want to maintain active lives. And most importantly, from an economic sense, we all need to be contributing to the greater whole for as long as we possibly can. Well, because all of us don't have perfect public transportation, light rail, buses, trolleys, and all of that stuff, and rely on cars and will so for the, the immediate future, um, the independence of, uh, of us within, with our personal vehicles is critical. So how do we move forward? Well, 
personally, I'm not a big government guy. I, I think more responsibility on individuals is critical. But in this case, government, I think, set the uh, framework, which was there was an expectation that we would continue to be a part of the petroleum and the independence industry. I specifically, you know, I'm saying we will get help. We won't be charged more, right? And there will be effective uh, communication in that regard. So here in Leon County in Florida, because I've never been able to get gas by myself for the 22 years I have been driving. And um, that with the help of our uh, local commissioners, who are recruiting seniors who believe in our independence, we spent a year fastening and devising a signage uh, communication and service ordinance around gas stations that would help uh, maintain this independence and this mobility. And so I think both there is both, the, let's say, the stick and the carrot available to government to help ensure that all people have equal access to goods and services and maintain their uh, independence, especially within this uh, transportation world. Right. Pat, what more would you like to see done by gas stations? Um, first, it's just to do what we're doing right now. I think the litigation strategy has shown not to work. Um, you know, suing somebody doesn't necessarily get people to understand the reasons why it's something. And I think there's a lot of reasons why. And, um, you know, for, for me, the reason I even started our company is because I met a woman who couldn't get into, the sim- you know, a simple small business in my town, and it just seemed like, come on, we can fix that. In this case, we can fix this. This is not an overcome, uh, you know, an o- overcomable problem. We can, we can solve this. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I, I don't know if government needs to be involved. I think it would be helpful. But it, it, for me, it's about... Being curious for, for, for if you just go and sort of ask people what it's like, I think that's why the Leon County responded to JR is because, you know, when he was in the USA Today and in his local paper saying he couldn't get gas, his county officials came to him and said, well, that's not right. You should, you know, it's not like you're begging for something. You're actually paying for this. And I think, you know, JR drives one of these big monster trucks, and it, it, it takes about $100 of gas, so it's, he's by no means begging for anything. He's a, he's a, a good consumer of gas. Uh, he should not have to beg for that. Um, so for me, it's, it's, number one, learning about the market and how big it is, um, and, and, and simply responding with a dignified approach, and I think you know, our, our system of fuel call does that uh, in, in a fairly cost-effective, uh, simple way. Right. Now, JR, what more would you like to do to accelerate progress? You've already done a lot, but what more do you want to do? JR? Well, I think um, I would like to have a state dialogue and then perhaps even a national dialogue that brings the, the market of disabled and seniors back into the gas station environment to remind them their sustainability, their future, their uh, um, success is predicated to ensuring that all members of the public have equal access. So I would really welcome a um, 
a, a state dialogue. I would welcome volunteer registration of people who want to certify good signage, good communication, resulting in excellent service for all customers anytime, anywhere that we have equal freedom to explore the world, to earn a living, and just to go out on, on a date night. That's very powerful. Pat, what more would you like to do to accelerate progress in confronting these challenges we're talking about? Pat? Um, it's a great question. I, I mean, I've been working on this for almost 12 years now, and so um, for, for me it's, it's – um, <laughs> I have a product to sell, so I would like people just to say, hey, I want that because, you know, I want the um, – <laughs> I want what you're offering. And um, I, so I, I think they're just going to have to be – I've, I've gotten to know Congresswoman Tammy Duckworth, who, if, if you don't know who she is, she was wounded in Iraq and is uh, now a congresswoman in Illinois. She she struggles some days to get gas in her car. And she, you know, she met with me and, and basically said, your solution is really the only one that's on the marketplace. Um I would like some leadership within Congress and the Senate just to look at this, uh, because I think, um, and not necessarily looking to the government, but I think that it's going to require that. So, um, and I think in the way that Leon County responded to, to Jr., um, I, I think this is a hidden issue and one that, um, unless there's a little, there's some eyeballs looking at this, and I think your radio show is doing that. I mean, this is a conversation that needs to be had on a national uh, level because, uh, you know, we're no longer in, in a full-service environment. It's, it's a self-service environment. However, there are certain people, and, you know, what your whole show is about, that, that need some assistance. And I think, personally, our world is better when we're paying attention to that. Uh, not every element of our life can go to a self-service world. There are certain people in life that still require service, and if we lose track of that, I'm nervous about that. And that, uh, you know, I think the world's better when we're looking out for each other and taking care of each other. That's my thought on it. Now, we unfortunately have come to the end of this superb episode, but I want to say back to you both that this combination of activism, concern, is creating not just service, but an industry. The numbers are huge. There's an opportunity for people to make livings. There's an opportunity for people to sell services. There's an opportunity for people to be served. There's an opportunity for people to, to experience respect. And there's an opportunity for mobility to be increased, made easier, and therefore bring all the benefits to individuals and to society of mobility and everything that that means. So what I would like to say to you both is this. Just, just be successful. Just keep going on what you're doing because that mix you've got is winning. You're making enormous progress. Um, you're moving something along that meets the challenges created by a shift in the way society operates. That is, service to self-service is a shift. You two, between you, have created the activism, the, the attention, and the solutions. So, if I say good luck, 
keep up the struggle, keep going. It's because I deeply admire what you're doing. And if I can be of any further help to you, I'd be delighted and proud to be helpful to you. I want to say also thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be a psychiatrist and a family caregiver reviewing resilience. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.